ready to go. I'm ready to go. All right. Thank you, bro. For a little bit of time this afternoon, I'd like to talk about uh, the blood of Christ. You know, it's it's um, it's a good subject to talk about, and uh, you know, what I like to say is, you know, on on the cross, Jesus said it is it is finished, but it was only talking about the plan of salvation. You know, his work was not finished. You know, he he died, and he rose again, and he's sitting on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. And he's been doing that for over 2,000 years. Isn't that, isn't that amazing when you think 2,000 years? But in God's sight, that's what? Two days. For he says a 1,000 years is one day, and one day is a 1,000 years. So one of the things that we get gathered from this is time has no meaning with God. There's no meaning at all about time with him. Because he always has been. He is now and he always will be. He's the great I am. So um, I'd, I'd like to go to Matthew chapter 1 just for a little bit. And let's look at him in verses 21 through 23. And in starting in verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So we can see in verse 21 that and she's going to bring forth the son, and they are going to call his name Jesus, and it says, he shall save his people. Not all, not everyone, not the whole world. He's going to save his people from their sins. And how is he going to save his people from their sins? For dying in their place. He died in their place. You know, uh, my father and I love the song, you know, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. That was the only way that we were going to lose our guilty stains is through the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's nothing that we could ever do on our own. And there's so many people think in this world today that they have a hand in their salvation. They have a part that they can do. You know, it's kind of like, well, if Jesus does, if you do your part, Jesus will do his part. No, that's not the way it works. You know, Jesus did it all. You know, all he did all to him I owe. You know, sin had left the crimson stain, and he washed it white as snow. You know, and, and like in here, it's just, you know, and she shall bring forth the son. You know who that is, that's she, it's Mary. And, and I shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save. They don't have to keep putting Jesus in there. We know from the sentence that it's Jesus that saves us from our sins. And we know that all this thing was done according to what? Spoken of the Lord by the prophets. By the prophets. And that prophet, and it said what? 
Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God it was, is with us, was with us, and forever will be with us. When we see these things, and, and, and what Jesus did, you know, for his people, and there's not one drop of his blood was shed in vain, not at all. And that's what's, what's so so awesome. I guess I'm using the word awesome a lot today. Sometimes I do that, so so bear with me. Uh, turn to turn to chapter 26 in Matthew. Verses 26-29. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So we can see his blood, the wine that we were drinking was the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for, what does it say there? Many for the remission of sins. There's so many people that want to say that it was shed for everyone for the remission of their sins. It was not shed for everyone. It was shed for many for the remission of sins. What a wonderful thing that we see, what he's done for us. You know, we look at all of this and we can see that he he died upon the cross. He did everything for us. He did it. He died upon the cross, but we received the benefit of what he did. And it was only through that that we can realize these things. And this is what we need to always bring in the forefront of our minds because so many times we, we forget about it or we continue to take it for granted what Jesus Christ did for us. But as we were talking this morning about commitment, you know, we, we know when we're committed to him, we know what he did for us and that, it's, that it's, it wasn't in vain um, so it, it's awesome. When we look in, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 17, you know, we see it was by the obedience of one. Let's go there and let's read these verses. Romans chapter 5, verses 17 through 19. For if by one man's offense... Death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteousness. We look at this and we realize for the, the obedience of one, the obedience of one shall many be made righteousness. 
It's only through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Our own righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. You know, we have to be clothed upon with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You know, he talks about accept your righteousness, exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. The scribes and the Pharisees were self-righteous in their own respect. And, but we have to be, have that righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's what we have to have. And it's, it's, we look at this and we say, because we know that it's by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. By the disobedience of Adam, many were made sinners. But isn't it great, great through one, God's wonderful plan of salvation that he sent his son into the world? And it had to be his only begotten son because the sacrifice had to be without blemish. And in Romans it tells us, for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. So because all have sinned, there was only one person that could come, and that was Jesus Christ because he was the only one without blemish because he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So that was why it had to be Jesus that came into the world. Aren't we just so thankful for that, that he came into the world? And it's just, you know, when I, when I look back on this and think about, you know, the way I believed and what I believed in before and being able to understand, you know, the doctrines of grace and the things of what we believe in as primitive Baptists. And I'm just so thankful for that and that I can see these things. You know, remember Jesus says, Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. And there was a time when my eyes could not see and my ears could not hear. You know, for the because I was in I was in my natural state. I was a natural man. For the natural man cannot receive the things that be of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because what they're spiritually discerned. And we were dead spiritually. I was dead spiritually. At one point in time, all of us were dead spiritually. So, you know, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. When we see these things, how, 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 how good it is unto us. You know, uh, you know, we look at it. There's a song in our songbook that says, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So it's when we realize these things and can see them and understand them that it makes it all come together as one in our bodies so we look at this um i know i'm going to go to a lot of scriptures bear with me today uh, ephesians chapter one verses six and seven to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Now I want to bring out something in verse 6, because it says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved. God hath made us accepted in the Beloved. When you see so much of these people that believe in free will, they they look at it in the other way. They say that you need to accept Christ as your Savior. I don't need to accept Christ as my Savior. He needs to accept me 
as one of his children because we are we have been adopted into his family in verse 5 having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will you know and we see these things and how how good it is you know that we were at one time we were strangers and pilgrims weren't we you know, in, in chapter 2, verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. What a sad situation we were in at one time to be like that. You know, we were, we were Gentiles in the flesh. And in verse 13, I, one of my favorite words, I always ask Brother Billy, sits in the back, Brother Billy, what's my favorite word in the Bible? He says, but. And I said, that's it. Because it goes on and it says that having no hope and without God in the world. But in verse 3 it says, but now, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by what? The blood of Christ. We are brought nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. I could go on and read, but it's, it's so wonderful that that... He's broken down that middle wall of partition and that we were far off sometime but made nigh by the blood of Christ. It's, it's just so amazing when we look at this. What was accomplished through the blood of Jesus Christ by one man, Jesus Christ. All of these things happened you know, we look at it and we see the Lamb's Book of Life. All those names that were written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That amazes me that before the foundation of the world, that he knew each and every one of our names. Our actual name. It's not a number or anything like that. We're a name that he wrote it down. Our names in the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundation of the world. God is so good unto us. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Pretty much the same thing. You know, I was going to read 14. Let's start at 13. You know, look at it. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. He has taken us from darkness, darkness, and brought us into his marvelous light. Okay, so we're looking at Colossians chapter 1, verse 14. We read 13 and 14. He's delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption, redemption, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So we have been set free through his blood, and we have received forgiveness of sins. And it's, it's I enjoy it when we realize that what has been given us through our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins. He's brought us out of darkness and translated us and brought us into, 
into the light. And that is, I, I really enjoy that when we see this, how good he is unto us so often. Turn to Hebrews. Hebrews, we're going to look at some verses in, in chapter 9. And it's, it's, it's so good when you start reading the Bible and you continue to read it and you, you find these little nuggets that are in there. Um, I remember one time I worked a long time ago, I worked at Thrall where we built railroad cars. And the one guy said, uh, I don't understand you Christians. <laughs> that wasn't no big thing, but uh, he, says, um, he says, the Bible is just a book. He says, when you, you read it once, why do you need to read it? And I says, yeah, see, you're blinded. You don't understand it, you know. You just, you continue to want to read it because he continues to open up our knowledge and understanding and bring new things into our mind. You know, even, even today, you know, when I read things in the scriptures and he, he opens up my understanding even more and more to all these things. But in Hebrews chapter 9... In, in verse 7, it says, But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. I'm bringing this out because in the Old Testament, once a year went the high priest into the holiest of holies with blood to atone for the sins of of the people. And but when we, when we look at it, when we look when Jesus was crucified, what happened? The veil of the temple was rent from the top to the bottom, showing that the way into the holiest of holies basically was was done away with. No longer did the high priest have to go into the holiest of holies to offer blood for the sins of the people, because Jesus Christ did that once and for all. Not every year, once and for all, once, for for his people. And that's what is, is so so amazing when we look at this and, and see these things. In verses 11 through 14, But Christ, being come an high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Now, Brother Jimmy, there's probably quite a few sermons that could be preached in, in that little bit there. But we can see that it's, it's not by the blood of goats and calves. Not at all. All those sacrifices they did but by his own blood, by Christ's own blood, he entered in once under the holy place, having obtained, what's the next word? Eternal. Eternal redemption for us. It's so, 
when we look at that, never to be done again. He didn't have to do it. Just at once, he obtained eternal redemption for us. In the Old Testament, it was the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer. If you read in the Old Testament, you know what they did with that. The ashes of the red heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifying sanctify to the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Remember, we talked about he had to be that perfect sacrifice for sin. Offered himself without spot. Without spot. To God. Purge our conscience. Clean our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You know, when we we look at these things and we realize dead works useless works, vain works to serve the living God. Remember, we were reading in, in Daniel how King Nebuchadnezzar you know, finally admitted you know, who God was, that living God, the God that we should not only serve, but we should worship God in everything we say and we do. In verse 22, same chapter. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And it could only have been the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we receive remission of from our sins. You know, it talks about that uh, if Jesus is not risen, we are yet dead in our trespasses and sins. We go a step before that, and without the shedding of blood, we're yet dead in our trespasses and sins. So we can see how each, each piece had to happen. The shedding of blood. The raising of Jesus Christ from the dead. Or yet we are yet dead in our trespasses and sins. It's not only that, our faith is vain. And also says that our, our preaching is vain without these things. But these things have all, have all happened for each and every one of us. So when we look at this, it just makes sense. Verse 24, we're going to read to the end of the chapter. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into a heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often, as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, 
but after this, the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. He's now in the presence of God. And he should not have to offer himself often as the high priest. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Sacrifice of himself. Remember, he says, no man take my life. I give my life. He gave his life for us. He wanted to do it. That's how much he loved his people. It says in Matthew, he shall save his people. That's how much he loved his people, that he was willing to give himself to die for us. And so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him, are we looking for him for his second coming today? Shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation? I guess sometimes I don't know why Jesus would want to die for me. I, I really do. I, I look at it and say, what I, why would he be willing to do that for me? But I'm thankful that he did do that. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm thankful that he did do that. And we can't dwell on the one. We have to just accept the other, that he died for us. And isn't it awesome that he's going to come again? I, I can't wait for that day. You know, in that little hymn, you got there is coming a day. There is going to come a day. You know, don't doubt that. There is coming a day that he's going to come again. And we're going to, we're going to be with him. And I'm, I'm like the Apostle Paul. I, sometimes I'm caught in a strait betwixt two. You know, you know, having a desire to depart and be with him. But what's, what's the reason, he says, but it's more needful for us to be here. If you're a child of God and you're here, it's more needful for you to be here and just accept that and just and just go along with it. Uh, chapter 10, verse 4. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Now, I know you get some people sitting and want to say that it's so hard to understand the King James Version of the Bible. But how is it, how is it that you could not understand what this says here? It is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ. And aren't we thankful that he broke down that middle wall of partition between Jew and Gentile? You know that there's one. There's one body. There's one people. One all the time. Chapter 13, verse 12. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. That he might set apart his people with his own blood, he suffered without the gate. And this is what had to happen. 
He died upon the cross outside of the gate. He died upon that cross for you and me. When I look back and I, I see how long, I, I, I guess I didn't, I not I didn't waste my life, it's just once I got to know the Primitive Baptists and the doctrines of grace, it just makes it more precious unto me what he, what he did for each and every one of us. I only got just a few more verses. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 18 and 19. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. For as much as, as you know, there are so many spots in the Bible that will tell us that we know, we know these things. You know, but, but Jimmy, I, I say it a little bit differently. You say we can't claim ignorance no more. <laughs> we can't claim ignorance no more. You know that you redeemed, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation your empty conversation, your empty manner of life, received by tradition from your fathers. So many people, they want to go by tradition. That's not the way it is. What were we redeemed with? We were redeemed with, there's that word, but, but with the precious blood of Christ as the lamb without blemish and without spot. Helps us to understand that he had to be without blemish and without spot. Amen. And in, in reality, that could only have been one, Jesus Christ. The Bible says, He was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. There was no sin in Him at all. As we, as we look and we see, isn't it so precious unto us what Jesus did for us? God didn't have to do any of this stuff. He didn't. He could have left us in our trespasses and sins. But what compassion he had on us that before the foundation of the world, he, he had already come up with this plan of salvation. He knew that Adam was going to sin. He knew all these things. There's nothing that takes God by surprise in this world. Nothing ever will take him by surprise in this world because he is what? Omniscient. He knows, he knows everything. So... Anything that's happening today in the world, none of this takes him by surprise. But he's here for us all the time, isn't he? 
First John chapter one. Now I know I'm treading in Brother Leroy's area here in First John. So I, I gotta I got I have to tread lightly. He's almost done with First John. He's in chapter five. But first John chapter one and verse seven. Oh, let's read verses six and seven. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from sin. Now let's read the rest of this. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So we can see, he says, if we say, John is saying, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, what does it say? We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Realize that? Every single sin that we have committed in the past, in the present, or in the future will be forgiven us. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Because in Romans it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we can't say that we have not sinned. We're, we're lying to ourselves. We're deceiving ourselves when we try to say these things. And it said, and the truth is not in us. What is it? Jesus Christ, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So if we do that, the truth is not in us. That means Jesus Christ is not in us. If we confess our sins, or if we admit our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. He is just, isn't he? He's a just God. He is. And he's faithful. Forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse us. Make us white in the blood of the Lamb. Cleanse us. Here in verse 10 again, he says, If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. We can't say that we have not sinned. We know that we have sinned. We make him a liar, and his word is not in us. What is that saying? Basically, we're not one of his children. We're not one of his at all, because his word is not in us. The thing of it, the bad part about it is there are people that are trying to say that they have not sinned. 
They don't need Jesus Christ. Because if you say that you don't have any need of Jesus Christ, then basically you're saying you're not a sinner. But we need Jesus Christ because we are sinners. We can't deny the fact. We have sinned. Turn into Revelation chapter 1. Verses 4 and 5. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Jesus Christ, who is he is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth. He's prince of prince, king of kings, lord of lord and king of kings. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, in Jesus' own blood, washed us from our sins. So we can see if we go from Matthew to Revelation, I'm just looking at the New Testament, go from Matthew to Revelation, we see that the Bible is consistent everywhere. Everywhere. That he has washed us free from our sins in his own blood. And it is only through him. No other way. There's no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. That's Jesus Christ. That's it. No other name, no other person, nothing. And it's when we can be brought to the knowledge you know when Jesus asked the apostles who do men say that I am and they gave all these different answers and then he looked at them but he says but do you who do yeah tongue tied but who do you say that I am and Peter said thou art the Christ the son of the living God and Jesus said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed that unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. If you can say that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, flesh and blood has not revealed that unto you, but God which is in heaven, who he is. I hope what I've talked about this, this afternoon, about the blood of Jesus Christ, what he's done for us, how... How blessed we are. We really are blessed beyond imaginations. You know? You know, on our on our good days, we're a child of God. And on our bad days, we're a child of God. You know, whether it's a good day or a bad day, we're 
we are always going to be a child of God. And we should be thankful for that. I thank you for your kind attention this afternoon.